I'm LeMay Hicks with Milfoss Ranch in Blanco, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, boy, this winter wheat crop just cannot catch a break. It's been dry. It's been wet. It's been cold. It's been hot. This wheat crop is dealing with a lot of factors right now, and it's reflected in the weekly crop ratings that come out each week from USDA. We'll take a closer look at those numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Big changes in the Texas House Committee assignments in Austin, including the House Agriculture and Livestock Committee. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll have a report from the state capitol on Texas Ag Today. How somebody gets involved in agriculture can vary from person to person. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll bring you part two of the story of one man's unusual path to becoming a row crop farmer in the Texas High Plains. Texas farmers and ranchers are benefiting from a new right to repair memorandum of understanding with John Deere. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. It has been a rough start for the Texas winter wheat crop this year, and things don't seem to be getting any better. The weekly crop ratings still look bad. This week, 11% of the crop rated good, 36% fair, and 53% poor to very poor. That's two points worse than last week. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says a somewhat mild winter isn't really helping. 13% of the state's winter wheat has headed, along with 15% of the oats. Compare that to the five-year averages of 7 and 5% respectively. And the drought continues to linger. We're seeing topsoil moisture in the state of Texas. The statewide number on February 12th, 67%, very short to short. And if you look at the regional numbers, some of those are much higher. So if you look, for example, at the coastal bend of Texas, 100% topsoil moisture, very short to short. We have seen some good precipitation across many areas of Texas this winter. And it has helped the drought situation. When you look at the weekly drought monitor, it looks way better than it did six Six months ago, but last year's drought was so bad, it's going to take a lot of rain to get caught up. 
Balancing the need for farm labor with the ongoing fight against illegal immigration is a tough task. Texas Congressman August Pfluger represents a big agricultural district in Texas that needs labor. And he also sits on the Homeland Security Committee that deals with illegal border crossings. It's a great point, and we do need labor. And I mentioned here at uh, the ASI meeting, the ASI over 50 years ago um, were the original thought leaders on the H-2A visa, on the, the skilled worker visa that happens to be particularly important to agricultural producers. And so we need to first make sure that the border is secure, which the administration has done everything to, uh, to open it up. But then secondly, we need to reform some of the immigration procedures that allow those guest workers to come in to help be an added layer of labor uh, to help agricultural producers. And it's just critical that we do it quickly. So is the Farm Workforce Modernization Act part of that solution? You know, it could be. I think there's discussions around that, but um, there's, uh, you know, first and foremost, upholding the rule of law uh, and then going going to a place where it's, you know, we can get to an acceptable agreement uh, on both sides of the aisle. But at the end result, we need more labor. We know we need that, especially in agriculture. I spoke with Fluger at last month's American Sheep Industry Convention in Fort Worth. The Texas House of Representatives has made some changes in committees important to farmers and ranchers. Tom Nicoletti goes to the state capitol for an update. Standing by in Austin is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director Charlie Leal. Charlie, some major changes in the House committees announced recently by Speaker Dade Phelan. How do the changes impact farmers and ranchers in rural Texas? In House Agriculture and Livestock Committee, we have seen a major turnover. Seven out of the nine members of that committee are new to the committee. A new chairman out of Harris County, Briscoe Kane. Vice chairman is still Doc Anderson out of McLennan County. And we have as members Stan Kitzman out of Waller County, Diego Bernal out of Bear County, Vicki Goodwin out of Travis County, Cody Harris out of Palestine, John Rosenthal returns as a member out of Harris County, Karonda Timish out of Denton County, and Terry M. Wilson out of Williamson County. Over in Cultural Recreation and Tourism, we have Representative Trent Ashby out of Lufkin. In Land and Resource Management, Dwayne Burns out of Cleburne. He is the chairman. We also have a vice chair, Dr. Glenn Rogers out of Grayford. In Natural Resources, Chairman Tracy King out of Uvalde. And in Appropriations, we have Chairman Greg Bonin out of Galveston County. And our vice chair for that committee is Mary Gonzalez out of El Paso. Very good, Charlie. Let's go to the Calendars Committee. We have Chairman Dustin Burroughs out of Lubbock on that committee. In Environmental Regulation, we have Representative Brooks Landgraf as chair. And in Local and Consent Calendars, we have Representative Cody Harris as chair, and he's out of Palestine. And we also have Transportation Chairman Terry Canales out of the Rio Grande Valley. Ways and Means Chair is Morgan Meyer out of Dallas. That is Charlie Leal. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director from Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. One Texas producer took an unusual route to become a High Plains farmer. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. Jesse Wieners of Groom took a lot of steps before realizing his boyhood ambition of becoming a farmer. 
As we related previously, weaners who will turn 40 later this year got started raising and selling cattle around the age of 12 and did that for a few years before eventually selling off his herd when the big drought hit in 2011. He then established a business that sourced and trucked hay to customers around the region. Wieners says it was while operating that business that he and his wife began picking up farmland, initially to grow hay, but eventually adding in other crops. That gave us the opportunity with the hay business to start growing some row crops and start getting some machinery to harvest those row crops, such as a cotton strip or combine, stuff like that, where if we're strictly just in the hay business, we wouldn't have that. And as things evolved, Jesse Wieners sold off that hay and trucking business about five years ago and is now a full-time row crop farmer with a multi-county operation in the Texas Panhandle. A very unique path taken for sure. I asked what advice he has for anyone else who might be interested in becoming a first-generation farmer like him. If you're looking to maybe pick up a farm, think outside the box. What's something that you can do with that landowner that would set you aside from somebody else, whatever that might be. Maybe thinking of a way where you guys can split the cost on something or you can buy something from him to make it more beneficial to farm the land. And he says perseverance pays off in pursuing your ambitions. If it looks like it's not going to work right now, just hold out because you can figure out a way to do it. You are the solution to the problem. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farmers and ranchers are benefiting from a new right to repair memorandum of understanding with John Deere. Gary Joyner has the details. The American Farm Bureau Federation and John Deere signed a memorandum of understanding that guarantees farmers and ranchers have the right to repair their own farm equipment. That's a big deal for Texas farmers and ranchers. The agreement addresses a long-running issue for farmers and ranchers when it comes to accessing tools, information, and resources. The agreement also protects John Deere's intellectual property rights and ensures equipment safety. Farmers and ranchers now have access to diagnostic and repair codes, as well as manuals and product guides. They can now purchase diagnostic tools directly from John Deere and receive assistance from the manufacturer when ordering parts and products. The goal is to help farmers and ranchers repair their own equipment and at a fair price. The agreement won't enable farmers and ranchers to get data needed to modify equipment. The MOU has the potential to serve as a model for other manufacturers. AFBF has already begun those discussions. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. People worldwide are being asked to stop and listen to the birds. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And when hind hooves are out of balance, horses can have poor posture. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit TFBHealth.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. When hind hooves are out of balance, horses can have poor posture. Dr. Bob Judd explains. Abnormal trimming of the rear feet could lead to a perpetual cycle of issues that could cause problems all the way up to the rear legs, to the back, neck, and even the head. Specifically, a long toe and low heel conformation causes horses to have a so-called canted in or standing under posture and can even be linked to jaw pain. As a farrier, Sharp indicates that he regularly manages horses with a canted in posture in which their hind feet are pulled up under their trunk. This is commonly noted with low heels and long toes and is called abnormal compensated posture, which requires neural inputs and an increased muscular effort to maintain and can lead to muscular pain. He indicated all the horses he works with that have poor hind foot balance also have terrible posture, and he believes a lot of this is due to domestication. In one study, 12 horses were examined with negative plantar angles. And this is where the back of the coffin bone is lower than the front of the coffin bone, which is opposite of normal. The horses were all standing with their back feet further forward than normal, and Dr. Sharp trimmed and shod the horses to create a straight hoof pastern axis by using wedge pads. After treatment, the researchers found significant improvement in angles and posture. The researchers concluded that the position and orientation of the rear hooves can affect the position and orientation of other joints. The hind feet are commonly overlooked in horses as most of the focus is on the front feet. From this research, it seems we need to examine the hind feet closer, and if long toes and low heels are noted, changing this conformation could positively affect the entire horse. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texans are being asked to stop and listen to the birds. Jessica Domo has the details in today's wildlife report. That is the sound of a mockingbird, the state bird of Texas. And if you hear or see one this weekend, you might want to consider entering it into the great backyard bird count. Groups like the National Audubon Society are encouraging Texans and people everywhere to take 15 minutes or more over the next four days to stop and listen to the birds. The Great Backyard Bird Count, which is underway now, is a worldwide effort to tally as many of the world's bird species as possible from Friday, February 17th through Monday, February 20th. The goal of the bird count is to help paint a clearer picture of how bird species are faring. Are there any increases or decreases in their population numbers? David Bonter, co-director of the Center for Engagement in Science and Nature at the Cornell Lab, said that based on the recently released State of the Birds report, we know half of the bird species in the United States and Canada are decreasing. He said they absolutely need the eyes and the ears of bird watchers to give us a big picture when it comes to shifting bird populations. To achieve this goal, each person or group involved in the bird count this weekend is asked to count as many birds as they can identify in a specific spot for 15 minutes or more and enter that data online. Details on how to participate in the bird count are available on birdcount.org. That is birdcount.org. 
Instructions for entering bird lists are also available on the Merlin Bird ID app or the eBird mobile app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle complex traded both sides of unchanged on Friday. We ended up closing higher on the live cattle market, mostly lower for feeder cattle. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw an up and down trade in the week on Friday in the cattle complex. When it all shook out on the close, we were higher on the live cattle trade, while feeder cattle were mostly lower. February live cattle up 80 cents, 163.57. The April up 57, 164.65, with June up 40 cents, 160.12. Feeder cattle lower on all except the nearby March. It was up 30 cents, 186.52. April feeders down 15 at 190.45. May feeder cattle down 12 at 194.35. Cash fed cattle trade mostly quiet during the week. We did see a handful of cattle sell here in the south at 161. That's a buck higher than the previous week. As of Friday afternoon, feedlots had the remaining cattle on the show list priced at 163 and better. Boxed beef prices higher on Friday. Choice up $1.34 at 280 89 Select up 401 at 266 65 Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Brian Lentzman from Seguin Cattle Company, that's cousin Brian Lentzman, had a good sale, sheep and goats and cattle both, there in Seguin on Wednesday. Cousin Brian, how'd you sell them? It turned out fantastic, Larry. You'd never know where the top is or the bottom is, but you call this market another $5 better from last week. Ended up with 709 head of cattle, two to three weight steers, $1.72 to 252 Three to four weights, 203 to 278 Four to five weights, $1.94 to 268 Five to six to weight, $1.74 to 230 Six to seven weights, $1.48 to $1.96. With the seven to eight weight steers, $1.49 to $1.71. Go to the heifer man. Two to three weights, dollar thirty-two to a dollar ninety-five. Three to four weights, dollar seventy to two twenty-six. Four to five weights, dollar seventy-nine to two twenty-six. Five to six weights, dollar sixty-three to two hundred six. And six to seven hundred pound heifers, dollar fifty-one to a dollar eighty. Uh, good utility cows uh, from seventy to a dollar all day long. Uh, top ends of bulls just dollar fifteen today. Palpated cows up to thirteen twenty-five with a few pairs up to twelve seventy-five. Good. 
strong market all the way through on the cattle end. Sheep and goats ended up with 643 head of them. Uh, top end of those nannies, 255 with the good kids bringing up to 305. And then you get Dorper used, uh, 230 with the lambs bringing up to 315. Good, strong market all the way around. Well, that's good. We'll pray that it holds through next Wednesday when y'all do it all again at Seguin Cattle Company. Brian, tell everybody how to contact you. You can give us a call at 830-379-9955 or you can call me on the cell phone, 830-305-0652. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished lower on Friday. April hogs down 50 cents, 85.27. May hogs down 45 at 94.40. Class 3 milk also lower. February milk down 4 cents, 17.88 a hundredweight. The March contract down 2 cents at 17.62 a hundred. A lower close in the cotton market on Friday. The outside markets continue to pressure cotton prices. A strong dollar, a weaker Dow, and slow demand. All bearish factors in the cotton trade Friday. March cotton down 100 points, closing at 80.25. May down 50 points, 81.50, while new crop December was down 22 at 82.25. It was a slow trade in the grain markets on Friday. Traders trying to get out of town for the three-day weekend. Of course, the markets closed on President's Day in observance of that federal holiday. The corn market finishing slightly higher. March corn up one and three quarters, 677 and three quarters. September corn up two cents at 610 and three quarters. We did see some strength in the hard wheat market Friday. March Kansas City wheat up eight cents, nine oh six and a half. New crop July up eight and a half, eight eighty-three and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up a quarter penny, closing the week at seven eighty-one a bushel. In the energy markets, March natural gas down ten cents Friday at two twenty-eight. March West Texas crude down a dollar ninety-three at seventy-six fifty-six a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow up 130 points at 33,826. The Nasdaq down 68, 11,787. The S&P down 11 at 4,079. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.